Hey everybody, I'm Rick Todd. And I'm Jeremy Williams, and you're listening to Wine. Why Not? A queer podcast. Episode 14. It is. It is. I feel like 14, what does that mean in the grand scheme of age, that now we're just apathetic to the world? Yeah. We are cynical. We are sad. We're just meh. Man it through the world. (laughs) Like our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So anybody who's listening on a regular basis will see that we've done 12 and now we're doing episode 14. Mm -hmm. Jeremy, what happened to episode 13? (laughs) That elusive episode 13. The evil 13. Um, Much like a hotel where there's no 13th floor, um, there is no 13th episode. However, much like a hotel with a 13th floor... It's really there. It's just hidden within the spirits. It is. You know, so uh, we we said this at the end of episode 12. We said we didn't know if we would be able to record episode 13 uh, because the time slot that we have at the studio um, coincided with the time slot that Greetings from Queertown Orlando was playing, having its premiere. So we tried everything possible to record this on our own, and apparently we failed. Yeah, we yeah. failed. The volume was too low, so we failed. But the good news is, is it does exist. It's out and, there. And one day, when we become famous, mm-hmm. that's our first missing episode. It will either appear on our Patreon if we're super popular, or if we're struggling to hold on to the 15 minutes of fame, it'll appear on our OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> what would that look like? Oh, <laughs> it wouldn't be pretty. It would not be it pretty. Would, we would have to change it. Have, the site would have to be called OnlyFan. <laughs> I'm sure there's one person that would watch. I hope. Uh, probably Jen, and then she'd comment on every video. That was awesome. <laughs> Good job, sweetie. We love her. She's amazing. So uh, what are you drinking today there, Jeremy? All right. So we have, I, you know, I'm looking at the bottle, and I think we've done, we did this bottle a few weeks ago. It was, yet again... A buy one, get one at Publix. We love the buy one, get ones. Um, it is a substance from Washington State, um, a Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, all the way back from 2019. This oh. is pre-pandemic wine. These oh, wow. grapes were I hope it's not squeezed in there. or stepped on or Is that whatever. how it leaked from the lab? Is it from this, the lab into this bottle this of wine? This is Cabernet from Wuhan. <laughs> so uh, there's Batnet. Oh, I don't I, I know that there's been oh, like, wow. there's a lot of discussion going on about where it came from. I'll tell you what, I have allegedly, not been keeping up on it. Allegedly. Allegedly, there is Wuhan bat in this. But I'll tell you what, damn, it's pretty good. Well, not bad. I mean, if you're just trying to piss China off, go ahead and say Taiwan is its own state right now and we can move on. Taiwan is one of the greatest <laughs> countries in the world. It is a sovereign country with its own independence. <laughs> Uh, so you so you got your nice glass of wine there. Yeah. I got my my your lovely can of energy drink. Non-descriptive. You haven't paid us yet, so your name gets no shout-out. Why do we why do we shout out your wine all the time? They don't pay us. That is true. Well, we were doing the center for the last couple of weeks because they graciously donated wine. Yes, and you so, all don't know this because we explained it very well in episode 13. <laughs> we went in great detail about where the wine came from, why they gave it to us. And where our next shipment will be coming from. Do you know what's sad about that being out there in the, in the world somewhere where we're inaudible and nobody can hear it? Uh, is that we had such a fantastic week leading up to that. We had we so did. much to talk about. Um, the enti- almost it. the entire episode was what we did that past week. Because it was such a busy week. Let's take... The world will never know. 
let's take 13 seconds. And, and just run and, on, bullet me, point I'm going to get a timer going here. Okay. We're going to take 13 seconds to talk about what we did in that week. And 13, because that's the episode that we're missing, right? All right, we got a stopwatch here. I don't even know if we're going to remember what we did, so this 13 seconds might be a bunch of ums. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, so the first thing that happened that week is that we went to the boy band. Yes, No Lonely Hearts. They had a premiere at Planet Hollywood. We went to see their, uh, the premiere of their music video. Thursday, we went and saw Cirque du Soleil back Fantastic. at Disney Springs. And Friday... Done. Oh, oh, no, you'll never know what we what did Friday. What Friday? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> something to do with... It just says FFF, so it's something to do with the Florida Film Festival. Oh, it was the... Um, oh, my God, it was the party you couldn't get into. <laughs> you know what? We'll just move along. We'll move along. You want to know what happened? Our, our 13 seconds is up. You want to know what happened? Find that missing episode. Oh, and we finally gave our opinion of the movie Bros, which is hilarious that now it's missing, because we kept yes. bumping it, and now it, it's missing. Uh, but since we're talking about what our weeks were yeah. like, what was, your, what was your last week My like? past week was... The opposite of the week before. So I uh, didn't have a whole lot of events. Um, I did make it out to the Dr. Phillips Center to see opening night of Chicago, um, which uh, the music is fantastic of Chicago. It's one of my favorite musicals from a movie. Um, so going in and seeing the show, the, the performers did fantastic. They did a great job on the show. But uh, Chicago is one of those shows when I see it live that I go in with the expectation of Catherine Zeta-Jones, Richard Gere, um, the blonde lady who played Roxy Renee Hart. Zellweger. Renee Zellweger. That, like a, I used to say in that, that she, Queen Latifah. not a kind thing to say, but I used to say she looked like a blow pop in there. She's like, she has this very perfectly round head. She's very <laughs> yes. skinny. So. Um, but uh, the movie, that is one of my favorite movies of all time. And it's so it's such a perfect movie that anytime I see... Another performer perform any songs from Chicago, or I see a performance in Chicago, um, I I compare it to that, and uh, so it was it, it 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 lacked the oomph of the movie, but you know they did a good job. Oh, stop lying! It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Jeremy and I are going to talk about a bunch of things today that we have very strong opinions on. And earlier he's like, "Are we really going to give our opinions?" And I'm like, it's... "Why not?" Listen, I love everybody at the Strats. They're so nice to us, and I really like it. And nine out of ten shows are stellar there. Oh, because you went great. and saw it yeah, at the Strats. Yeah, I went and saw it at the Strats, and you went to see Dr. Phillips. So we love everybody, at Dr. Phillips, like the the people w- yes. we're in contact with. Please don't shows. take our tickets yeah. away. I mean, it's not. But please to don't say. bring Chicago back. <laughs> and it's not. It's just. It was just a very odd production. I've seen Chicago several times. It is. It is a good show. It is not the the costume. Uh, extravaganza and set extravaganza and everything that you see in the movie, it is, I mean, you could fit the entire wardrobe of the entire cast in one duffel bag. Uh, and, but it's it's more about the dance and the movement and the actors telling the story. It was but very fussy. It was fussy, fussy, fussy. And then I, the thing that was <laughs> that makes me laugh so much is because I went with my husband Dylan to see it. And at intermission, intermission, he was telling me about how mad he was getting at the one song towards the end where they just keep whispering, like, Roxy, Roxy, <laughs> over and over again. He's like, I get it. So it's, it was odd. It was just yeah. odd. Um, the, that, that production was, I guess I would say. Chicago's a great show. Now, there were people there that, that have 
that are huge fans of Chicago, and they loved it. So you know what? Art is subjective. It's just our opinion. But that production wasn't wasn't all that great. Mm, I yeah. do love um, the movie. By the movie's the way. fantastic. I love. I, I didn't like this song before, but Razzle Dazzle is mm-hmm. probably one of my favorite songs from it. Which is why it was funny to me today. I saw somebody who we know locally. I saw his post because he was at the show last night, I guess, or recently, and he wrote on there "Time for Dazzle Dazzle," and I. <laughs> I was like, it's I'm pretty sure I know who that is, and I don't care for it. Um, Yeah, so I saw that on Tuesday, and then the rest of the week uh, consisted of me. I'm in the process of moving, um, so I was packing up the apartment, and uh, I have a a little, a small Lego collection. Um, So I spent most of the past week disassembling Lego and packing it into, uh, I wrote the numbers down here, uh, I used 75 one-gallon Ziploc bags, three rolls of plastic wrap, and six large boxes to pack all the Lego away. So I got that out of the way. So now I can tackle the rest of the apartment, and that'll take no time. I, I, I feel a Lego intervention coming. <laughs> I feel like that's, that's what's going to happen. Our next podcast will be Lego, Lego Not, For a where second I am not there. allowed to buy any no. more Lego. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be um, never Lego, Lego Not. I wouldn't say never. I'm not a never Lego. Yeah. I just, I think I've hit the age where all I can do with Legos is step on them and cuss mm-hmm. out children for doing it. I'll tell you what, if you look at some of the Lego sets that have been coming out over the last couple of years, they get, they're getting very intricate with them. Yeah, I probably, to be honest, I probably couldn't put together one of the little Lego cities, so it would irritate me and I wouldn't want to do it. Now, when you were just about to talk about that, it sounded almost like you were going to say that you have a small... Legolas collection. What's his name? The, the oh, Legolas from. Um, yeah. You know what's I funny? Was like, I, I would not take that collection. I am not a huge Lord of the Rings fan. I've seen the movies. They're fine. They're, whatever. They're not something I'm like. Oh, it's a Saturday. I've got nothing to do all day. Let's put them on. It's not something I do on repeat viewing. However, um, there has been this TikTok going around where um, it's Lord of the Lord of the Rings trilogy told in different variants. And there's one where it's the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy told with just the dialogue between Frodo and Legolas. And the video starts and Legolas stands up and he goes, it's at the Fellowship of the Ring and he goes, you have my bow. And then credits roll. That's the entire (laughs) video. The entire trilogy that is the only time that Frodo and Legolas apparently talk to each other. Well, if there is a reason for me to ever watch Lord of the Rings a second time, it would be Legolas. Hey, 20 he's years and all, I don't care. He's fine. Now that <laughs> grimly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing with you, but I don't know who you're talking about. The, isn't that the, the dwarf? I oh, is it? Oh, okay. You have yeah. my axe. Yeah. I'll tell you what, that round table scene or the fellowship where they're sitting around in the forest or the castle or whatever the hell they're sitting in, that is the extent of my knowledge. I know that, and then the scene where Frodo wakes up in bed and Gandalf is standing over him, and then all the other hobbits hop in bed and they're like jumping around. It's like beginning of porno kind of weird. And Gandalf's just like, he's like, ho, ho, ho. And the hobbits are all jumping all over each other. It's real creepy. Anyway, those are the only two <laughs> scenes I remember from the trilogy. How did your week go? Oh, wow, my week was super busy. It yeah? was good though. 
Can I? Do you mind if I talk for a second about a documentary that? Um, yeah. What? What? I haven't heard of this documentary. Go on. Tell me about it. Uh, we, we've alluded to it before uh, on this podcast. We talked that... extensively in the last. Oh, because <laughs> it was uh, the. Um, well, because we, we were, were going, going to, to the, the premiere, yeah. so we talked a lot about it. Yeah. So Watermark was involved in um, in, in creating a documentary for the. Uh, well, for the Central Florida community, and it's about the LGBTQ history of Central Florida. And I say what I'm involved in it. It is something that I dreamed up in 2017 and have been working very diligently to try to get promote, or to produced. Uh, we, we teamed up with Adrenaline Films. when it, Just when it looked like things weren't going to pan out, we teamed up with Adrenaline Films and met the incredible Jess Keller and Tiana Langley, and they really helped catapult this thing through the finish line and it's just it's stellar it's amazing it, it, it's like one of those things it sounds ridiculous for me to say and I know I poor Jeremy has heard this a thousand times but it just to me it's like the culmination of my life kind of just it, it's that that I wanted so badly to achieve this, to, to create this gift for this city, and it and it's done, and it worked, and and everything that I've done at Watermark, all my work leading up to it, has kind of been leading to that moment. So it's just super cool that Monday night on that premiere to be sitting in that audience with all of these LGBTQ leaders and people who built this community and watched this story of their lives unfold. Uh, ended with this amazing song by Ginger Minge called "City Beautiful." It was a high. It was a highlight of my life. I mean, of course, as, I, as my husband listening, my wedding night was the highlight of my life. Um, this was a very close second. So that was super cool. Uh, I got to do it again on Saturday for the uh, second showing of it, which was way more emotional and crazy and good. So that was, uh, yeah. it was a lot of fun. Uh, I also want to just shout out real quick to a couple of things that I saw. Um, Kitty Howard directed a play called The Sound Inside, uh, and that was at the Fringe Art Space. Yes. Whenever I hear the word inside, I'm, for some reason, I am thrown back to a specific episode of South Park I saw where Mr. Garrison, married Mr. Garrison says, it came from inside. <laughs> and I just, whenever somebody says the word inside, I hear his voice in my head, which is weird. It's not Lemmy Winks, is it? No. No, Lemmy Winks was not, well, he was well, inside. he was inside. But no, that's not the episode. The, um, it was, this is such an inappropriate episode, but it's the Lesbos episode where um, Mr. Garrison has gone through his trans transition and he go he realizes that he's a lesbian and he goes to the Lesbo bar. It's called Lesbos and it's a parody of the movie 300. And uh, he's like, something about, you know, the, the, the power of the lesbians is inside. He's talking about inside the bar. And that's all I hear in my head when I hear that word. Well, I'm going to give you some some props there. You walked a very fine line describing the thing, and I think you did okay by it. <laughs> uh, South Park really, did not tote if, that if line. You're, if you're counting at home, it's still... Wait, is this the second glass? This is my third glass. Is it really? Yes. And you, and you did so well with that. that. That's great. So The Sound Inside is this play about a professor. It's a creative writing professor, and she develops this interesting relationship with a student. And it's plutonic. It's just... It's just a fascinating thing, and he's writing a story, and it's about their interactions, and, and craziness ensues. It is a very wordy, clever show, and so I just want to say that Becky Fisher, who starred in it, is so stunning in this. 
because it is so wordy. It is 90 minutes, no intermission, and she just delivers in this way that you never sit there and think for a second that that it was too long or any of that. And then in it, there's um, Logan Lopez. I've not seen him in anything before, but he played the college student, and I just want to give him props because he was so natural on stage that, you know, just didn't seem like he was an actor. It just seemed like go out there and be yourself as this character, and he really nailed it. He did a really good job. So that was really good, and that was here in Orlando, which is where we're, we are currently. Uh, but last night, I was in St. Pete. Uh, American Stage does this uh, play in the park, and they were doing Ragtime, which is one of my favorite shows. So I went out there to see that, which it was a beautiful night, so that always helps. If it was hot, it would have been miserable, <laughs> but yeah. it was really good. You know, Ragtime is such a undertaking you know it's iconic you know um i'm gonna forget her name now yeah totally did drew a blank she's fantastic audra mcdonald she starred in it mm. and then um <laughs> i can't remember the brian stokes mitchell was in it at schoolhouse oh. and they are so fantastic together that if there's ever a showing of ragtime i go to see it and then quickly compare them to that and these, mm. these these people did an amazing job. The Chicago it, test. It is such <laughs> a it is such an undertaking, costume wise, set wise. Music is complicated. It was just all very good. So I'm just impressed all around with the amazing talent in Central Florida and Tampa Bay. It's just really cool, and yeah. I'm including Queer Town in that. A lot of talented people involved. Fantastic. So much entertainment out there for the kids to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> While we are on this string of... Oh, I do want to say, if we're going to talk about amazing entertainment, um, I know it's been out a couple of weeks. I did catch the Super Mario Brothers movie, and oh, I must say, tell. I loved it. Did you really? Um, I didn't expect to love it as much as I did. And there's nothing really fantastic about it. I, am, I love Jack Black. Jack Black does no wrong. I will sit through... Uh, just a pile of shit if Jack Black is playing in it. It's just, I love Jack Black that much. So That's, he... That is saying a lot. That is commitment. So um, he, uh, of course, is the voice of Bowser, and he has this uh, song in it where Bowser is singing about Princess Peach and how he loves Peach, uh, and the song goes, Peaches, 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 and it's amazing. It just entered the hot Billboard 100 this past week. Um, so congratulations, Jack Black. And the Super Mario peoples. Yeah, not a lot of queer about this. Well, can it, would it be? No. It is, it is somewhat gender fluidity, no? I don't know. Um, to talk about Jack Black in Jumanji. <laughs> Those Jumanji movies are oh. so good. Yes. And he's fantastic. Yeah. Um, no, I, all the, everybody in the movie is fantastic, in the Jumanji movies, but I feel like Jack Black makes those movies. Yeah. Like, without him, it's like, oh, well, those are, those are fine dandy family film but with him, he elevates everything he's in i feel like I, I feel like this phrase comes out of my mind out of my mouth a lot i don't know if we're supposed to like kevin hart but i think he's hilarious i think it's okay yeah yeah oh I mean, yeah they, were, that... they took his oscars away that's he he was punished <laughs> they he, did he was supposed to host the Oscars, oh, and they took it away okay. from him. You made it sound like he oh, won okay. Oscars, and they no. took it. I was like, what? I love Kevin Hart, and I love The Rock, but I will be, it will be a cold day in hell before either one of them win an Oscar. <laughs> uh, they know their wheelhouse, they play in their wheelhouse, and they're fantastic at it. 
Um, but Kevin Jack Hart Black, is so good I will movie. say this. If I should um, meet an untimely death, and it is something that the reason I die is something that is movie-worthy, like it's worth writing a movie about, get Jack Black to play me. I feel like Jack Black would be able to, to take on the essence that is me. And it's so funny run that you say it. that because I wanted. This was a few years ago, right? I was still drinking, and we were at Dexter's in Winter Park, and I was just. We were watching some. I think we were watching um, simulcast. This is all coming back to me. Simulcast is the local band of like uh, broadcasters. Yeah, formed a band. It was uh, the guy who was in Mix One Hundred Five One. He passed away of cancer, uh, and then there was another. Uh, the guy from Channel 6, but they did this show. So we were there to see it, and we're all having a great time. And there's this older lady at the table next to me, and she's like, excuse me. She's like, did anybody ever tell you you look like Jack Black? <laughs> and I said, fuck you, old lady. You look like, I said, you look like Betty White. As if that would be an insult. I don't know, but I was like, what? And then I like, I think it was a sad moment for me because I feel like I maybe did look a little like Jack Black. Oh, I love Jack Black. <laughs> he is, yeah, he's hilarious. I am a big fan. Um, you've been here a while. You've lived in Orlando your whole life. Um, and I don't want to get into the details, but I feel like, when you were talking about the radio people back in the day, I feel like Johnny on Johnny's house used to be part of a duo. He was. And that duo was split up because the other one made, did like a homophobic rant. Someone was telling yes. me the story. So basically, that's true? Basically, he was, well, he, uh, it was, it was um, Doc and Johnny's show. And, and Doc just didn't seem to like gay people. I think he said something to the effect. Now, this is, I think, right? Where a lot of beer happened between that moment and this moment. So if I get it wrong, What's I funny apologize. is the people who were telling me this story, a lot of alcohol between them be, happened between the moment of us hanging out and them telling me this story. <laughs> so it was something to the effect of I would kick my kid out of the house if he were gay or I'd punch my kid if he came out or something something a little mm. over the top as if I would that not accept That sounds very my... Kevin Hart. No, One of his tweets that he got in trouble for is I would... I would break a dollhouse over. I'm pro I'm paraphrasing what? something about he, if his son said he was gay, he'd hit him with a dollhouse or something. Well, I don't know. But it like was a, a joke. That sounds like a waste of a perfectly a good dollhouse. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just remember listening to it. In fact, it was a it was a big deal. This is back when I first started working at Watermark, and there were a lot of phone like people were calling. People featured in this documentary were calling that show and saying you should stop saying this guy. Like he was at, he was definitely against the community. Doc oh, was, and he was and drinking. Johnny was just, and it was Doc's show. No, 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 I was. Oh, <laughs> that's what I mean by there. I, I thought you meant on the show. Like he was like cracking a beer, and he's like those homos. Oh, hey, maybe he was. And I just feel like. Johnny was not about that life, yeah. and he just couldn't say anything because that was the, it was Doc's show. And so when he was, I was surprised though, honestly, pleasantly surprised when Doc was gone and it was Johnny's house and he was open arms. Yeah. Which was, which was great. So yeah, that's an interesting Maybe your story. next documentary should be on the history of radio in Orlando. <laughs> so many stories. Yeah, there are, uh, for sure. So, while we're talking about phenomenal entertainment, um, 
You want to talk about this new show? So we decided to do this thing with this oh, show. Oh, yeah. There's this new show on TV, and we decided that we're going to watch it TV. every I mean, week. I, I, I know this is going to sound tacky. I'm going to use air quotes on TV. Just so you all know, this is like the fourth time Jeremy's used air quotes. And I'm like, it's not first, video. This it's is the video. first time that I'm announcing it. It's on air quote TV. Um, it is on out TV. It's... <laughs> They threw TV in the title, so it must be TV. It TV. Um, but I it is a it on... streaming platform. Yeah. Out TV has their own streaming platform, and there is this new show. Let's mute that. <laughs> you got mail. <laughs> <laughs> um, go ahead. Tell our, our, uh, our loyal listeners what this show is. Well, it's called So Fierce. It's S-E-W Fierce. Clever. That's all you need to know about <laughs> so it. So clever. Doesn't that say it all? No, I love it's it. It's actually a really cool concept. And it I is. Really like it is. It. I, I know that I've been drinking, so I know that sounded sarcastic, but I do think that that is a very clever title. It is. And so what it what it is is it's a it's a reality competition about people who make clothes for drag queens. Yes. Yeah, and it's uh, hosted, that's it. That's it's, it's hosted. That, it's by, a very simple by Ron DeSantis. No, just, oh, um, um, I feel like the best shows are the ones that can be described in just a sentence or two. I feel like if you have to go more than two sentences to describe the premise of a show, that's too convoluted and it's not going to work. This well, is what's plain the Hollywood phrase? There's a Hollywood phrase, right? It's not the elevator pitch. It's you got like thirty words or so. There's like something you get thirty seconds to tell somebody to pitch a show. It's the you're about to make some shit up. I was. I was about to pull out my ass, um, and I was going to call it, like, the Spielberg pitch or uh, some shit. No, it's like, I forget what it's called, but you yeah. get, like, 30 seconds to pitch some show, and that's perfect. That's yeah. a perfect premise for a show right there. Now, there's a special, there's something very special about this show. There is. That is tied to Orlando. This is how we found out about it. Yes. Um, a friend of the show's, we'll call him a friend of the show's, he's a friend of Watermark, which makes him a friend of the show, uh, Gidget Galore who's a drag queen here in Central Florida, is featured on the show. Yeah, and Gidget called us uh, to tell us that it was coming and that when he was able to talk about it, um, we would be able to interview him, which you did. Yes. Which is fantastic. Uh, Gidget isn't just a friend of the show. Let me tell you how amazing Gidget is. Because Gidget, Gidget's history with me is, is pretty extensive. When Drag Queen Story Hour was super popular, Jen turned, uh, well, she turned a, mi- a milestone age. I'm not going to tell you how old she is. She's probably like, no. She's probably like that. I'll tell her age, and then I'll tell another rat story, and she'll, she'll oh. kick me out of the house. So uh, Jen, when she turned a milestone age, I decided that we would do something fun and write a children's book about something that happened in her life. And it's called the... The not the not so good, very bad adventures of a girl named Conch, and it's this really funny story about when she got drunk and face planted into a brick wall. And so I, I wrote the story. Uh, a local artist, former Watermark employee, uh, actor now, realtor. Everybody loves him. He's an artist. He can't do. He does everything perfect. Um, so you would think better that known make, as Nick Smith. Yeah, you would think <laughs> that that would make people annoyed with him, but everybody loves him. He's a great guy. Uh, he drew the illustrations for it and. Gidget came over for the birthday party and did Drag Queen Story Hour and read it because it was a children's book and read it to all of us like we were children and it was hilarious. Yes. And so that went that went really well. And I was then, there and it was entertaining. It was entertaining. Yeah. And then Gidget hosted my wedding. Yeah. Yeah. As a, so the premise of the wedding was that 
um, Lou Gardens in Winter Park is Gidget's house, and Gidget was hosting this party for her two friends that were getting married. So it was really cool. So Gidget is amazing, is always there for anything we need. She hosts a lot of things for us, and she's amazing. So the show premiered on April 14th. It was the premiere episode, and then they took a couple of weeks. So we watched the premiere episode. It picks back up this Wednesday, and then it's going to be every Wednesday on Out TV until the first week of June. Say lucky us. Yes. So here's the official synopsis. So fierce, in quotes. I feel like you're definitely on your third glass of wine. Brings together eight of the world's top drag designers who will compete against each other in weekly challenges. In each episode, the designers will create a new look based on the theme that week's theme and then compete a fo- complete a photo shoot. Good God. <laughs> Reading is not my strong suit. To showcase the look with an up-and-coming drag artist. The judges will vote to eliminate a designer weekly based on the garment's appearance and construction. I'm going to stop right there because, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched yet, they did not uphold all of that. There is something in that that I read that did not happen in the first episode. Oh, we're at the end, tell everybody what happens. Yeah. yeah. Well, the beginning we'll we'll just tell them, and then we'll give the spoiler alert warning, yeah. and then turn away. Well, here's the war. Here's what you get, right? Oh, but the sh- at the end of the the season, the winner receives ten thousand dollar prize. Ooh. That's the that's the pitch. Well, is is Gidget driving around in a new car? <laughs> Can we try to guess if If anybody (laughs) has seen Gidget out and about and she be wearing some fancy new digs, she won. Is is she making it rain out out of the club? Uh, Is she paying for everybody's drink at the bar? (laughs) Let us know. Uh, So here's the deal. This this show airs on a Wednesday and then we do our podcast on Mondays. That's how much time you have have if you don't want to hear us talk about it. Much like the little girl from the ring, you have five days. (laughs) Oh, Although it was seven, but we oh, yes. we're, we have shorter attention spans, so we give you yeah. five days. All right, so this is hosted by some famous uh, drag icons from Canada. Ooh, you better throw those air quotes up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I said from Canada, isn't that the same? Oh, we, yeah, we forgot to mention that. This is a Canadian-produced show, we think. Right, yeah, we think. Because everything about it, the host... Um, the judges um, are Canadian. Of, yeah, and, and a, a couple, couple of the drag queens, but, Canadian. But some of them aren't. So it's it's just, I think, you know, a lot of reality TV shows, I think, are do come from, from Canada. A lot of... I think Out TV is based out of Canada. Oh, okay. A. So we're going to do this entire <laughs> this entire I, segment... Now, you're, now in, you're from Mount Rose, Minnesota. In the Canadian accent, eh? Uh, so who hosts this, eh? I don't think that that's appropriate. What? You, no. It's not a boot, the accent. I have a list of accents that legally I'm allowed to do without getting canceled. Canadian, I'm Italian, French, and English? Yeah. Well, oh, They're not allowed to be pissed. They're the Brits. I, oh, I feel like we're going to get reviewed by the bungalow now. <laughs> oh, Another Canadian publication. <laughs> okay, so it's hosted by uh, Barbada and Jaime, and they are famous <laughs> in Canada. Hey. Um, yes. <laughs> I don't know why that's making me laugh so much. All right. Okay, the other one, because the, you have Barbada. You said Barbada de Barbados. <laughs> Bar- Barbada? Barbada. I'm going to swear I'm not the one drinking wine. So anyway. Barbada de Barbados. 
So they're so they're the host of it. And right off the bat, they come in. I think they're really cool. I enjoy them yeah. a lot. The host, you know, it's sort of like this. It's 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 okay. it's the pilot episode yes. of a show, and so the the resources going into the show probably aren't as great as they will be here. Five. I'm gonna so. give you the best compliment for this show. I hate reality competitive shows. However, I watch this one. <laughs> Well, you don't. I don't watch these. You don't. But watch, I watched it. You don't watch Too Hot to Handle, then. I don't. Is that one I should be watching? What's the one where the? I think that's what it is. Too Hot to Handle. There's one where they take like ten insanely hot people, put them on an island, tell them that the show's all about hooking up, and then like five hours into them getting to this island, they're like, "Oh, just kidding. The show is like you win a hundred thousand dollars, but if you kiss anybody, touch anybody, touch yourself, anything like that." The, the money pot goes down. What? And, and then they, they, they make them like sleep in the same beds together, but they can't do anything. And it's like, it's this insanely stupid show. You know, my distaste for these reality competition shows started in like the early to mid 2000s. And there was a couple of really just terrible shows. There was one where I think it was called Joe Millionaire. Oh, yeah. Where they brought this guy in and told these ladies he was a millionaire. He was not. And then he was just some like poor schlub. Uh, which is fine, but just bringing people under false pretenses. And there was one that I remember that was like the opposite of American Idol. And they <sighs> brought these people in to sing and told them it was a singing competition, but everybody else was in on the gag that they were looking for the worst singer. And they told these people, oh yeah, you're good. And just strung them along to find the worst singer. And that is where I was like, you know what? This brand of television is toxic and evil. That was a that was a that particular show was insanely awful. There was a, a local guy uh, named Gerard who who's gay and an amazing singer, and he got on that show and got to the next round. And this is how we found out before the show aired. I mean, he didn't he he signed an NDA or a DNR. He didn't tell us anything. DNR yeah. NDA. NDA. I don't know. I feel like I'm drinking wine. I must be just. I have non-disclosure so, agreement. Um, but he went to the next round, and when he sang, he sang really well. And the producers told him, "Like, look, you're going home. This competition isn't really for real singers. We're looking for people to make fun of." It's terrible. And then I watched the last episode. It's heartbreaking. And then the girl was like, "Whatever, I won." Yeah, it was. It's like awful. You won. Such a terrible. So that's where my it, the seeds yeah. were now. There is one, and this will come as a shock to no one, there is one reality show that I did watch the first I, I, season I of. I know exactly. You don't even have to tell me. But they were all sitting at home saying it was Lego Masters. Lego Masters. Okay. But I can look at that show and think, if you're not obsessed with Lego, this is the most boring fucking show that I have ever seen in my life because it's literally just watching people play with Lego. I, someone who loves Lego, watches the show and thinks, I just want to go buy a Lego set and build Lego. That's what it there is. You go. They just that it's just to get you. Thanks, Gidget. This entire show, the point is for you to go out and buy a sewing machine and make clothes <laughs> for drag queens. I knew it. So the host, back to the show. So the host, <laughs> um, uh, Jaime and Barbada, they they work really well together. I mean, I think I was, I'm watching the opening sequence when they're walking and they're they, somebody's filming it and they clearly could use a gimbal because it's kind of like Ugh. yeah. Um, 
But, you know, like I said, it's just the the budget's probably not there right now. But I really yeah. feel like the show's going to take off. Because also, it's fascinating. Also, Canadian money doesn't transfer like U.S. money. No. It's actually kind of the same. But here's a little thing. Do you know what a, a, a Canadian dollar and two dollar are called? And I'm not even making it up. This is legit. A, a, a Canadian dollar is called a loony. And a, and a two dollar is called a toonie. That's true. Look it up. It is a loony and a toonie. And then you want us to take you serious, Canada? Get out of here. <laughs> anyway, continue. Well, episode 14. There will not be a 15. Um, yeah, so the, I really like them. The only thing I didn't get at all was the shoe on top of the head. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I got it like I mean, the second time I watched it. I was like, okay, I think it has to do with the logo of Sophie. I don't know fashion. The, I, don't know. I put my shoes on my feet. That's how I was told. That's how I was taught when I was a kid. Um, but, you know, fashion is fashion. Maybe maybe uh, the new trend is putting a shoe on your head. I feel like in episode 12, I laughed a lot, and I said, I've never seen you get this drunk on this podcast, and I think that right now might be the most drunk you've been on this podcast, which is funny because that's what the whole point of it is. Uh, so yeah, Joey. So that's what's great. Insight. So what they do is they have eight contestants, right? <laughs> yes. And they introduce you to these contestants. And they talk about their style, and then so this first the uh, the the first comp- competition piece was they had to make something um, that this, that's so them, like their yeah, style. Yeah, it, it it yeah puts their personality. So out. they so they they then they interview them. They talk about what their style is. Then they show they get these models. They put the dresses on them. They take photos, and then they pick. Oh, a winner and, and a loser out of that. So, do you want to talk about any one in particular yeah. who you like? Okay, I know, and I'm saying this completely unbiased. I thought Ginger had the best design. It was very classic. Oh, not Ginger, good Lord. My apologies. I, they are so interchangeable. They're like, they're together well, they all the do, time. They do a lot together. Yes, <laughs> Gidget galore. I feel like we've lost control. Okay, um, let's bring it back. Gidget. Gidget. Yeah, I thought I, her design was the best. I'm biased. I'm biased uh, because I love Gidget. Mm-hmm. But I have to tell you, Gidget's design was incredible. Amazing. And they talked about how incredible it was. I, they gushed over gushed. it. And then so what happened? Yeah. Anyway. Oh, spoiler alert. Didn't put her in the top three? Right. Get out of here. Yeah, come on. It doesn't matter. You didn't send no one home. They sound a little... Looney Toonie themselves. Yeah. Put a few too many loonies in their toonies. Mm. All right. So so we'll just run down real quick. Yeah. Right? So here here are the people in a nutshell and the order in which they, they presented their In dresses. no particular so there order. A, there was Missy. Missy's mm-hmm. the bold contestant, the punk goth, um, likes to cost a lot. Spike collar. Chain um, that goes from the nose to the ear. Somebody who your mother would be like, oh my, if you brought her home. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I obviously don't know Missy. Um, Is Missy, because I had the list of the names that were sent over from the press, because we got a press, there was a press release up on their website. Is that Spiky Van Dykey? I feel like if I had to look at each was, one of yeah. them. If there was going to be one. That is definitely that a spiky definitely Van Dykey. So then there's Terrence. Terrence is the South Carolina guy who now lives in Columbus, Ohio, uh, who did the purple plaid tribute to his church-going yes. mother and grandmother. Again, the list they sent over, I think, are their stage names or their um, drag names. 
So I'm going to say he is Kiki Ko. All right. Kiki. Because he looks like he wants to have a Kiki? Yeah. I want to point this out, too, if you watch the show. I love Terrence's glasses. They are like these Mm. huge circles. Dame Edna. Oh, who's that British drag queen who just died? Dame Edna. Dame Edna. Mm. That's that's what they reminded me of. God Love rest, it. Okay, God so rest your soul, Dame Diana. Diana's the one that did the scissors and the pincushion. I'm going to say her name Just. is the Vilberg. What is... So what, I, what, what's Gidget's? Gidget is Gidget. Gidget oh, okay. galore. Well, oh, because that's the stage name. Gidget, Got it. Gidget is... <laughs> so I'd be like, who's name? Richard? Who's Richard? Uh, Rich, yeah. Here's the list of the names they sent over to me, and you tell me if they match up to your list. Evan Clayton... Priyanka, Nick Vanderya, Vandera, aka Freya Frostbite, Spiky Van Dyke, Chad Hurst, Kiki Ko, Stephanie Bonato, and the Vilbergs. Okay, none of none of them. These are two different shows. They sent me the wrong list. All right, so Kyle, Kyle um, the, the the iconic look with the the hat to the side. Okay, that was Kyle. Uh, seven is the cosplay. Who had the um, that the like the sheer looking with the little bumps and the gems and the stuff? It was like a body. Oh, suit. we're getting to him. Okay, we're getting to him. Um, so then there's um, BB. BB did the vagina dress for lack of a better. Oh, wow. It sounded like were you doing duck calls there for a second? That was me going, nah, <laughs> vagina. That was that was uh, Jeremy getting to his fourth glass of wine. Uh, let's see. We got we got twenty minutes left. Let's see how this last glass of wine goes. I'll Benjamin s- is the one they call it a cat suit. It was basically like a bejeweled tights that went from. I like that over. one. That yeah, was that my was second really favorite. Um, so those were those are all the contestants. Out of the top three, they picked Diana, who had this dress. I mean, it was it was kind of this cool like Disney villain esque like shoulder oh the thing. disney villain one that's the same it's didn't the same as the scissors right it was the didn't care for that one either yeah it's the same one. Oh, it's the same dress as the scissors <laughs> yeah the pin cushion and the scissors didn't the care pin for cushion, it. i didn't get it and no. even though they were motorized and everybody was like ooh, like they, yeah i didn't get it yeah just because you build it. techniques into your your suit doesn't mean that it's uh it's the best yeah, one so it was that and then benjamin's um which was Phenomenal. I mean, I, I can't imagine that, that there was enough time for him to put those stones Amazing. in the way that he did and the pattern that he did. It was beautiful. Top two should have been him and Ginger. Or One, Gidget. Gidget, 100%. Gidget's, by the way, you know, for those who didn't, if you haven't seen it, it was this, it was this very, like, um, it's, it's a... Very old... Fuchsia. Like, it's like fuchsia. 1950s Hollywood. Uh, yeah. um, if you've ever seen L.A. Confidential, it's... Um, Kim Basinger's character. It looks like something she would wear. It's just very yeah. glamorous, uh, yeah, red was, carpet, Hollywood. Yeah, it was like it, it was like Marilyn Monroe meets Mae West yes, kind of a thing. It was it. just beautiful, and it was big. It, there's no what he, he definitely should have been top of it. But it was Diana, it was Benjamin with the jewels, and then Missy, who is the um, spiky punk person, whose dress looked like, it looked like something. It looked out of helmet, yeah. It was like Pinhead. Uh, in a dress. Pinhead going to the prom. Because it was, it was, instead of pins and a head, it was barbed wire around, I mean, it was, it was frightening. I, I don't like horror shows, so I it wasn't I don't want nightmare in my drag now, I just want to say that I'm sure that there's a place for that, and art is subjective, it's just not my thing. So, I don't think Missy's my favorite character, 
character. She's a real person. I just don't think that she's like like the. <laughs> These are real people. She's not the design that I'm going for here. No. Um, but the winner was Diana, and that was the scissors and the pincushion. I mean, pin if cushion. you watch the show, the real winner was the audience. <laughs> So the bottom two, they get to the bottom two, yes. right? And it was uh, kind of that, that the guy that was going for this uh, sophisticated, you know, like, 50s uh, glam mixed with um, um, a harness. So it was not, it, you know, so they didn't think that, that worked really well. And then there was Seven who did this cosplay That was thing. the blue one. It was so bad. <sighs> seven. Seven, 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 seven. So seven, 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 seven. <laughs> Thank you, Monica. <laughs> Uh, this my, we, had, we had a quick visit <laughs> from Monica Geller. Ooh, <laughs> she came in me. Oh, I mean, ooh. Anyway, continue. So, uh, so then they they're getting ready to announce who's going to go home. Yeah. Right? And what happened, Jeremy? They said no one goes home. Way to give everyone a participation trophy. You fucking woke. <laughs> Wokeness. <laughs> so they yeah, woke wokers. Yeah, you know, when they when they announced that they weren't sending anybody home, seven dropped to the ground. Yeah, because she knew she was going home. Well, yeah, you don't deserve to be there. I mean, you're fine. You're I probably like, better than I am. I like the show. I like it. I could even reasons. turn a sewing machine on. So know, God right? bless y'all. It was so funny that there was a line that that Gidget has in there because I guess there's some there's a button on the machine. Can I just play. say? Um, all, I, I'm not as close to Gidget or has uh, a, a relationship with Gidget as much as you do, but I have only seen Gidget in drag, and to see him as rich, but still the, having the Gidget personality is so crazy to me. He's so genuine. I really like him. He but is so Gidget. There's a there's a play button on these on these uh, sewing machines that they use, and so he's there at one point yelling. He's like, I know what the play button does. It, it it's it. Really fast, sews the stitch that you're on, and and then they're all like, "Oh my god!" And I'm like, "I have no idea what that means." Yeah, no idea I will say means. something from this show, and I hope that this carries on to to, to the rest of the episodes. Is um, for uh, sewing idiots like us. I hope we learn something about sewing. Yeah, teach us how to turn the machine. There wasn't on, a lot. Of how that. to thread a needle. How to bustier a bustier. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Well, they do that. Yeah, in cooking shows, they kind of teach how to cook. Yeah. Well, this is about yeah, these I don't people's know why, art and fashion. I don't know why I hit puberty right at that moment, but yeah. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Four glasses of wine. Um, but yeah, so we'll watch. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll learn. We'll talk about it every week. We'll tell you all about it. Yeah. And we spent a lot of time on that. And yeah, you know it's funny. We spent a lot of time on that, and we're going to spend not a lot of time on this next one. But it's a big deal. It's it's a it's a big deal, the, the next show that we want to talk about. Yes, this is... Um, we didn't decide to talk about this until this past weekend because I text you. Um, but on Netflix, um, the Whitney Houston movie, I Want to Dance with Somebody, was released on Netflix this past weekend. And I did not get a chance to see it in the theater, so I watched it. And like the first half of it is, or the first quarter of it, is exclusively about her um, lesbian relationship. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap, this is gay. We can talk about it. So I text Rick. And I said, uh, it, pull on Netflix, watch I Want to Dance with Somebody. And he said, are we talking about this because the gays like Whitney Houston? I was like, no, like the first half of the movie is all about her lesbian relationship. Um, so we watched Which it. Which I had no idea about. I didn't either. If I would have known this when the movie first came out, I would have made more of an effort to go see it. I didn't know there was so much about her relationship. I keep saying lesbian relationship. Her relationship with Robin, who right. was her uh, girlfriend and then best friend 
Um, and there was so much, I mean, we'll get to it, but there was so much in this movie um, about the damage that religion does to LGBTQ it's, people. Look, I, I have it right here. Uh, wait, where did, I, where did I put it? I was like, this is, this is my synopsis of this to talk about my opinion of it. Addiction is a bitch, showbiz is a bitch, religion is a bitch. This is gonna be very controversial but I am a very controversial person. Right now. <laughs> there are three men who killed Whitney Houston. Her father, Bobby Brown, and God. <laughs> Those are the three men who killed Whitney Houston well, because... Not, not according to her at the end of the movie, but I do... Uh, before, according to who? Whitney Houston? According to Whitney oh, Houston well, in the movie. Because she didn't... She said, what does she you. know? I know. No. <laughs> uh, I, you know, it was... I, I'm not going to put any, any... Blame on any person... But I will say, and I have a whole speech ready to go about this, uh, it was definitely religion that ruined oh, Whitney yeah. Houston's life. Um, if her parents and her church had been more accepting of who she was, she would still be alive and today. And if, if she felt that she could have her family that she so desperately wanted, mm -hmm. and if she felt she could have acceptance and love from, from God and her family and have her own family with Robin... Then, yeah. Then Robin would have given her more yeah. love than she could ever have known from you know any what? other person. You know what evidence I have life. that she would still be alive today? Robin is in a loving, committed, long-term relationship with two children, and that would have been Robin and Whitney. Yeah. Yeah, but they couldn't. But it wasn't. The world wasn't going to let that happen at that time. Which is why I am angry with the world now. Um, I think as gay men, and I think all gay men um, are like this, we have divas that we cling on to. And Whitney Houston mm -hmm. was one of my like early divas. Uh, Betty, Be uh, Betty, good Lord. Bette Midler was like my first diva. She's a good one. Um, but going into the 90s, I was in my early teens, um, and I saw Bodyguard. And I was just like, and I, I knew of Whitney songs before this, but when I saw Bodyguard, I was like, holy shit, this, is, this, this chick is like next level. And when I had my first job, my very first paycheck, Jesus, I bought a CD boombox. He means this, this fabulous this, woman is incredible. Yes. This I say this chick as in a fantastic <laughs> chick. She'd, she'd have approved. Um, and the very first CD I ever bought, Bodyguard soundtrack. And this little gay boy would take his little CD boombox into the bathroom and would take a shower, and I would sing the Bodyguard soundtrack at the top of my lungs, hitting those notes. I, I always am mesmerized by how, I don't think there's that much difference in age between us. How, is five it, years. Five, it's no, just, wait. Yeah, five years. It's yeah. just five years. Yeah. So, but my, my experience with Whitney Houston is way earlier than, than yours, which I find fascinating. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, when I Want to Dance with Somebody, the album, or the, uh, this, the album that that song is on was what, 86, 87? Something around there? So you would have been how old in 1987? That wasn't Bodyguard. No, 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 I'm not talking Bodyguard. I'm oh. talking... Uh, well, I mean, you want to talk Bodyguard soundtrack. How old were you when the Bodyguard oh God, I just soundtrack? looked up Bodyguard on Rotten Tomatoes because I wanted you to play that game with Bodyguard before oh, we yeah. get into I Want to Dance with Somebody. And it says 2018. Apparently, there's a different movie called Bodyguard. There's a, the a miniseries called The Bodyguard. All right. Um, but yeah, like in 90, I think 91, 
Is when Bodyguard came out, 91 or 92? I think that's somewhere around there. Right. But you were how old in 1991? 16, 17. 16, 17? I was 12. So even though there's a five difference between us, there's a huge difference between a 12-year-old and a 17-year-old. Yeah, so that's true. But like my memory of, of listening to her is... You know that greatest love of all album, and yeah, and um, there's a song on there called "All at Once." I just loved it. I love in 1986. I can tell you the year because that's the year I moved I to. I was Orlando. seven years old. In 1986, I, we moved to Orlando, and my mom went back to Houston to pick up some other stuff, and I want to go with her. And she's like, "No, you have to go in school." I sat in that apartment complex in the hallway listening to All at Once on repeat for three days until she came out because I was mad she didn't take me with her. <laughs> everybody, everybody in that apartment complex probably hates that song by now. But um, let's go with, before we get into it some more, let's talk about what Rotten Tomatoes says about I Want to Dance with Somebody because I okay. was stunned by these numbers. Okay, I will say, just because of my personal opinion of the movie, I thought that while I thought the performances were amazing, uh, while I think that the life of Whitney Houston is amazing, I thought that this movie played like a lifetime movie. So I'm going to say that critics probably gave it uh, 68, 69, and audiences audiences always love movies more than the critics do of these these type of movies. Uh, I'm going to say that they were uh, an 82. Critics, 44. Mm, that's, yeah. that's harsh. Uh, Audience, 92. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. That sounds about right. These, and here, I made a note about this because um, here's the thing when it comes to someone like Whitney Houston. Her, just, she transcends so much. And she did so much with her life. This either needed to be a miniseries where you could tell her life over 12, 15 episodes because she did so much, or you need to take a portion of her life and focus on it. I thought... Uh, the scenes between her and Clive Davis, which was uh, played by um, Stanley Tucci, and then uh, Naomi Aki uh, played uh, Winnie Houston. I thought an entire movie could have been just on them brainstorming about her first album. Stanley Tucci was so good. So good. So was she, though. The, the two of them, even though I was not a fan of the movie as a whole, surprised they both didn't get Oscar nominations out of this. I liked uh, I liked Bobby Brown too. I thought the guy was Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown and her dad, I will say, great performances. Because by the end of the movie, I hated them. Yeah, the guy who played Bobby Brown though, that was this that was the guy from Moonlight. No. Yeah. No. Played Siobhan, the, no. the teenager, the teenage version of him. Yeah. I gotta go back and look. That's him. Yeah. You know, I do. I did say while I was watching the movie, I was like, Bobby Brown, you ruined her life. You're very attractive. <laughs> You're a very sure, attractive man. She says it. Bobby Brown probably didn't help any, but she even says it. The drugs are there before him. And, I, and she took them for the reason we were talking about earlier. Yeah. You know, it's... To dull the pain from her religious upbringing. It, you know, not that... It, it's not... I mean, it's not all... It's just this aspect of, of religion that tries to tell people that there's something wrong with being yeah. LGBTQ. That and scene when she goes into her dad's office with Robin... Yeah. And, she, and he's like, you know, you, you two need to start being seen dating men. Just the thoughts. I mean, I come from a household where they were very accepting when I came out, but... Just the thought of going in and telling your parents that and them saying, no, no. The, what's more important is the, 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 the money that you're bringing in for this family, so you need to go out there and, and 
put this image out there that you are. So that his assistant that he's sleeping with has a credit card? Come on. I know that, it's, I mean, they take a lot of liberties for movies, and, they, and, and there were things that were wrong. Like, the way the bodyguard movie went down in this film is not the real way it happened. You know, that whole scene, because I will say, this suffered from the same disease that most movies in 2022 suffered from. They're far too long. This movie's like two and a half hours long. It was long, yeah. And that whole bodyguard se- uh, segment could have been Stanley Tucci and Naomi at the sitting at the table and he has her listen to uh, Dolly Parton's I Will All Lo- Always Love You on the headset, on the Walkman. Which I didn't even know that that's how that went down. Yeah, that's but, the whole bodyguard segment could have just been yeah. that scene. It was interesting. You know what I, what I really appreciated about the show? I wanted to take a nap when you told me to watch this. I was super tired. And then I started watching it and I actually really did like it. Uh, I, was a, I was a fan but I didn't know all of this. You know, yeah. I think that there's a point where, where you start to dehumanize somebody who has an addiction problem and you forget that they're a human being and what, what they went through to, to get where they are. And this really showed that side. It showed the mm-hmm. why behind everything that happened. And, you know, you think like, you think of Whitney Houston during those times and you think, you know, Bobby! And you think, crack is whack. And mm-hmm. you, you know. Sometimes. <laughs> Not all the time, <laughs> sometimes. Now, what I really like, because I think this movie would have benefited from the scenes that we don't <clears throat> already know. Like, there was a lot, there was the bodyguard stuff, there was the M- uh, American Music Awards, that mel- medley. Uh, medley. Um, there was just all, the, the Oprah uh, segment. The scenes that you can go on YouTube and watch these segments, they didn't have to recreate those. You can go, the Super Bowl, you can watch all those, but the, the moments before and after those, I thought those were the best parts of the movie. Yeah, I thought so too. I, I've, I've always been a fan and I, I just, I really liked it. I think she deserved a better life. Yeah, you know? she deserves and I so think much better. It's one of those things. You, she, was the, she is the most, she's the winningest, most award-winning female vocalist in history. Mm-hmm. And she is a super, was super talented, amazing, and and the people around her should have allowed her to, to do yeah. that. And thrive. And it it baffles me that with all of these obstacles in her way, that she was still able to achieve what she achieved. And it blows my mind if they had given her the acceptance and the space to be who she was, how much further she could have gone. Yeah, and I would love to watch something about. Um, um, Robin. Oh, and she has a what, book out. What it came out in 2018 or 2019. I, I want to get that. Because she, like that scene when she was fighting for Whitney and Bobby was like, you can go. Like that whole thing. It's like she is just trying so hard to get through and help. Mm-hmm. And, and she just didn't stand a chance. And it, it's heartbreaking. It is. However, from just, I mean, I don't know Robin personally, but just reading up after this movie, I'm one of those people who, while I watch a movie, I'm on my phone looking shit up, and um, she's done real good for herself, and, um, you know, God bless her.